<laughs> what the listeners can't see right now is me puffing on a pipe. Yes. Uh, Whose oh, pipe? Um, well, I also hadn't dusted that shelf in about two weeks. So that was the worst decision I've ever made, <sighs> inhaling something from this pipe. You don't want to You don't want to puff on a dusty oh. pipe, Chris. Well. You got to clean it before you machine it. What? I don't know. What? what? I'm, not ent- I'm not entirely sure, but you know what I am sure of? What? Welcome, everybody, to the Big Damn Cast. Nerdy news, geeky gossip, or whatever the fuck we're going to talk about this week. How are you all? My name is Christopher Esteban Mucho Tension Lower Johnson. Uh, my name is the presenter. Uh, of dreams? It'll make sense later. <laughs> okay. Ooh. Well, uh, before we begin, if you like the show and you want to support it, Fucking do it! Yeah. For the price of a Freddo in 2021, uh, you can help keep the lights on around here. Patreon.com slash BigDamnCast. <laughs> and don't forget, you can hit us up on BigDamnCast on Twitter and all that good shite. You can. More plugs for other socials. Later yes. in the show. <laughs> Let's plug the socials. Matthew. Yes. Sweet boy. Yes. In your tight enclosed space. Mm. Uh, you still haven't watched Inside Number Nine, have you? It's one of those shows where like the world has told you to keep watching it, and yeah. as a result, you've no, not watched, not it, watched it. I am, I am in fact outside Number Nine. Ooh, baby, cakes. except for like three episodes. Like, you just don't know, no. Well, uh, the new series began uh, a week today, as of this recording. In fact, uh, shortly after this ends, the next one begins. So there you go. Um, but do you know what was really, really fun? I'm not going to go into spoilers, but. Suffice to say, listeners who know that I enjoy it, uh, I enjoyed this series opener very much. The style of this opening one was a Commedia dell'arte mashed up with a heist movie. Okay. Like, right down to the character archetypes wearing relevant masks that would fit the old school, like, format of Commedia dell'arte. Um, and there being the two characters who weren't masked, who were the, the lover characters and all this stuff. And it was just this big, wanky, beautiful, like, nerd fest for sort of theater geeks um disguised as an episode of hustle um and it was <laughs> and like the guests like kevin bishop patterson joseph like it was it was it was a solid like piece of telly but the, the best thing about it was this was the internet it was twitter afterwards because it's one of those shows now that's become a, oh, it's one of the best shows that no one's watching. And then you watch it go out in the night and you go, no, a lot of people are watching this now. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's sort of, it's, it's not the little show that could anymore so much as the little show that everyone thinks no one's watching. Um, it split the room. It really split the room. No. Uh, it wasn't that people thought it was cack as an overall feeling. It was that there were people who were like, this is bloody great and really silly and, and kind of clever and, and daft as a brush and just what we needed this week. And the other half going, I didn't get it. Or it was a bit up its own ass, wasn't it? I mean, I didn't get it, but it was up its own ass. So what I'm saying is, if you want to feel uh, wibbly wobbly clever, uh, give, give it a watch now. Jump on now, lad. Do it. Get it in your eyes. Wear it like a pair of goggles. Wear it like certain Doctor Who actors don't wear trousers. They're appropriate times. <laughs> Oof, my god <laughs> we're having a conversation what's he but we're having a conversation with someone yesterday about this in person and they said um i just think the whole john byron thing's been blown out of proportion on it it's, it's not i look it was it was years ago it's just it's come on people said it was a laugh and my wonderful wife lucy just turned to them and went yeah but imagine it this way you've started a brand new office job and you get there and everyone else has been there for a couple of years and they all get on um, and they seem like a really nice bunch. And then halfway through the big meeting, your boss gets her tits out. And everyone's laughing. You'd feel a bit weird, wouldn't you? You'd feel a little bit creeped out, a little bit uncomfortable. And they went, well, yeah. And it's like, right, well, there you go. And as soon as you said that, you just saw their face go from like, yeah, but to, y- y- yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I get you. I get you now. Um, I I still can't quite believe that most of the internet 
doesn't understand that what he did was wrong. I, I it, people it, going it boggles the mind, oh, doesn't it? Bubbles yeah, it's like everyone thought everyone thought it was fine. It's like you don't know that everyone thought it was fine. You know that Eve Miles thought it was fine. You know that like you know Gareth David Lloyd thought it was fine on that one occasion. Blah blah blah. That's what you know. You know that everyone said that they thought it was fine. Yeah, but they might not have thought it was fine. Yeah. They might have been creeped out, and they might get on with him as a mate really well. And as such, they're kind of clouded in terms of how they should talk about that. For him, for yeah. instance, yeah, yeah. Uh, next to that. You don't know everyone who was in the freaking room. You don't know about the grip. You don't know about the lighting person, the researcher, the runner, the costume person who was there, the the person on sound who who's like you know he's whacking his willy against the bloody sound desk while they're trying to mic him up. Like you don't, you don't know. So stop trying to defend it. And John Barrowman has he's he's fucked it. He's fucked this. He's really fucked this because he hasn't just put out a statement to say, yeah, it was wrong. I'm sorry about that. I genuinely am sorry and. I, it was never meant with ill will and it was never meant x y and z and i did that and the other and i'm yeah it, it's a bad example please don't jump to my defense and then bugger off for a little bit give it that bit of time because what he's done isn't an unforgivable act of horrid torment it's still not good by any stretch of the imagination but as a human i think people would be willing to hear him and forgive him in time the fact that he said fuck all and has just kind of gone quiet, speaks volumes. Yeah. He doesn't feel that it was wrong. You get that sense that he doesn't feel it was wrong. He was. Re- did, did you read the thing about uh, Jane Tranter, who was head of BBC Drama? She reprimanded him in 2008 when she heard about it happening on the set of Torchwood. She took him to one side and went, you fucking stop this now. And as, as recent, this was an article last week, she says as far as she knew from that point, it didn't occur again mm. on the set of Torchwood. That's in 2008, a couple of years into Torchwood's production. Um, but there are stories of him doing it on the 2011 set of Miracle Day. So then she's not, as, she sure. wasn't, she wasn't involved in it again by this point. So it it sounds awfully like a case of, well, the person who told me off isn't around anymore, so I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> um, he, uh, while Stephen Amell was chained up in a scene during Arrow, apparently John came over during like the setup for the scene and licked his abs. Um. <sighs> yeah, and uh, and again, like if everyone was all mates and jokey jokey, sure. But Stephen Amell has been very like evasive about talking about John. Yeah. Uh, since that that series or whatever that incident happened, the recording. Uh, and on top of that, there was a thing on Radio One in 2011-2012 where he was asked about like, oh, apparently you've been known to flash on sets. Uh, we don't have to worry, do we? Uh, and he went, oh, well, is the webcam on? Here we go. And he got his cock and balls out. And the producer managed to cover the webcam up in time. And a casual sort of very brief apology from the DJ was offered at the end of the show three hours later. Oy, in case anyone was offended. But you're like, yeah, that's that's being reprimanded for it, being made an example of by your boss in 2008, and then still doing it over the course of the last 13, 14 years. So if anyone's leaping to his defense think before you do that if anyone's going i wanted to listen to the torchwood audio absent friends and it's been pulled from the release schedule cool i'm sure such a body the runner on torchwood <sighs> didn't want to have a cock and balls in their face that they didn't ask for but they got it so maybe have some perspective and to those who are going well it's not as bad as what no clark did you're right it's not as bad it's, as what that's no clark true. Has that is a true done. thing doesn't mean it's not a bad thing yeah you know what I mean? If you forgive John, fine. But have some respect for the people who ha- need time to like kind of go, yeah, I don't really want to see him everywhere right now. But, but also bear in mind that if you if you quote unquote forgive John Barrowman, what has he actually done to you personally yeah. that you need yeah. to forgive him for? Like Yeah. Art from artists, my friends. If you want to still watch watch and listen to stuff he's in, go for it. Just don't tell everyone else that they should do too and that like not doing it is giving in to the woke media and all yeah. this shit. Like, like just, just, just shut the hell up. I'm just not sure that down. you can forgive someone for something they've done to somebody else that hasn't affected you in the slightest. Yeah. I'm not sure that's your forgiveness oh, yeah. to give. Exactly. It's not giveness. Wait. D- What's the opposite of giving? 
don't answer that. Um, on, a, on a slightly, so, um, on a slightly uh, Doctor Who related, related tangent, um, Matt and Chris, two lifelong Doctor Who fans, <laughs> reluctantly touch on Doctor Who, but not inappropriately. I did a bit of charity shop diving this weekend with the old man. And of course, he found some Doctor Who tat, as he always does. Um, and <laughs> he's a magnet for it. He's, he's a Doctor Who tat magnet. Uh, a tatnet. <laughs> um, <laughs> one might say. Uh, so he he's buying this Doctor Who thing that he's found, and the guy at the count was like, pointing at the picture of David Tennant and going, oh, best Doctor Who, him, best Doctor Who ever. It was Tom Baker when I was growing up, but then he came along and he was the best one ever. I'm like, okay. And then the guy's like, I haven't liked the last two, though. Uh, uh, the, the problem with Doctor Who now is every episode's got a message. Oh, not like it, so. Not like it used to be. <laughs> like, oh, and, and Dad's just like, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. <laughs> we're, getting out, we're getting out of the thing, and I'm just turning to my dad and go, you know, Doctor Who always has had a message. It's just that when you're a kid, you probably don't notice them. Or you probably agree with them. <laughs> And he's like, and Dad's like, yeah, but sometimes it's just easier to nod, smile, and then you can fuck off quicker. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, that's true. Uh, fair enough, Dad. That's, that's true. Like, you didn't want to have a conversation with a person no. who was not going to listen. No, so. exactly. Uh, d- d- yeah, I just, oh, Doctor Who, uh, uh, oh, I still have a message now. Not like it used to be. <laughs> like, ha, <laughs> okay, okay. You know the Daleks and Nazis, right? Okay, that's the second serial. Oh, okay. cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Uh, what was your first? What was your first? What was your first story? Silorians. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you ever, you ever thought about it since you watched it? No, no. Yeah, no. I can tell. I mean, I it's seven tell. episodes yeah, yeah. long. You get plenty of time to think about it. Yeah, it's 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 not just it's not a carrot that is briefly dangled in your face, no, my friend. It's a it's a. It's, well, I'm not going to make that joke. It's very tasteless. Uh, what I am going to do? <laughs> no, but I think we all just piece together what it could have been. No, everyone, allow yourself that moment. Yeah, and move on. And okay. Then, yeah. There we go. Oh, that was that wasn't going to be good. I'm glad I didn't do that. No, no, no. But what you um, did was you gave us the panto version, which is you allowed the, the <laughs> listener to formulate the joke. And then it's on them. I'm gonna like, I, now, you, I now feel guilty because I know what the joke could have been. I'm going to let you put that together in your face. Ahead. Uh, so, <laughs> speaking of things that you need time to think about. Oh, oh, God. Do you remember back last year when... 2019, the, right? 2019. Yeah, <laughs> Do you remember in the wastes of 2020 summer... Oh no, yeah. The wastes of 2020 summer. <laughs> and it was very up in the air as to whether uh, cinemas were going to be showing films or not. And a lot of big releases were coming out a lot. And you remember the stink that Christopher Nolan made about his new film at the time and how it had to be in cinemas because it was such an experience and and uh, it had to be experienced on cinema screens. Yeah, I remember. I remember it was, no, 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 no. We, we're not putting back Tenet again. Mm. It has to be seen on a cinema screen and we're not waiting around. I'm not putting it on us. I'm not putting it on a streaming service. I'm not putting it up for rent. People have to go and see it, he said, because it obviously, Matt, it obviously, obviously. must have been that much of a cultural experience that, that minds would change, um, uh, perspectives would shift, ideas would open and uh hunger and 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 poverty would be cured by its release mm. Mm. i watched it this weekend on a streaming service good god just as christopher nolan intended just as um, daddy nolan requested and uh so i've seen tenet the thing that you, i never thought would happen has happened yeah, i mean seen i mean for christ's sake you put out a podcast last year called yeah. you are never going to see tenet but turns out that <laughs> you the, are going to see the general tenet. public oh, you God. are going to see tenet um what brought it right set the set the mood we were in literally the wor- we were, in the words of of what erstwhile once musician david jordan set the mood what was the we were what, just what, why scrolling <laughs> through uh now tv looking at what fresh fresh movie releases had gone on there and, and out of all two options we came across Tenet <laughs> Aha. and then about three days later we were like yeah let's watch Tenet let's let's spin Tenet let's so we do wa- this so we watched Tenet last night as Sunday night 
It's a bit too long. <laughs> How what's the runtime? What are we talking? It's like two hours and it's just under two and a half, I think. Okay, that but can, yeah, that, can, um, but that you... could be digestible. It's it, it take it takes a certain type of editing and presentation to to make two and a half hours feel either like it's flown by or like a slog. Considering how fast everything in it moves, you'd think it feels shorter. But the Ooh. pacing shot a shit. So Oh shit biscuits. Um, you know that episode of Rick and Morty where it's just a constant string of people setting up heists. You and son then going of a out, bitch. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. It's two hours and twenty five minutes of that. Oh no. <laughs> Basically. Is there a character called Elon Tusk? Because if there is, that's no. that's that's three Elon Musks too many. There isn't a character called Elon Tusk. Thank God. Um but do you know what John David Washington's protagonist is called? So this is the, the lead character yeah. who in the trailers it wasn't really made clear no. who or what he was, but like we knew he was the main character. Go on, what's what's the protagonist called? The protagonist. Fuck. And what? is referred to by others and himself throughout the film as the protagonist. No. Yes. No. Yes. No, yes. Nolan, no. Yes. No, yes. Daddy Nolan. Yes. Why? Yes. Do they... Mm. Yes. Context for new listeners. We quite enjoy a lot of Christopher Nolan's films, but over the years, we've sort of become aware of his there techniques, is, his I tropes, mean, and most importantly, his rather bizarre ego when it comes to yeah. storytelling and... and no, my my vision is un, unshakable. It is unwaverable. It is the correct way to do things, mm. which has resulted in many, many a conversation of, mm. yeah, but why did that happen? Or, but if this had happened, then everything falls apart. Or that character's ideology isn't isn't sound at all. Mm-hmm. What is this? Um, ah, I see you've seen Tenet. Oh, no, no, you've oh. just seen other Christopher Nolan um, no, thing- I've seen the one, I've seen the one with Michael Caine in. Yeah, that's this one. <laughs> oh God, isn't it for one scene? Where I've seen the one with I've seen the one with Killian, dialogue. Killian Murphy in it. Is Killian Murphy in it? Is no, Killian, Killian Murphy's Murphy not in this. <gasps> Peaky Blinders made him unavailable. No, no Killian Murphy in this. Can you guess which character would have been the Killian Murphy character? Because let's face it, he would have been in it if he could have been. I, I think he might have been the Robert Pattinson character. You know. Okay. Oh fuck! Of course, who is great yeah. in this? Like, I'll, I'll say this up front. Like, they. Oh, he might have been the villain. Oh, well, we'll see. Um, but we won't see because he didn't do it. Uh, <laughs> I will say this up front. This, uh, as with fucking all Christopher Nolan films, because some reason people are lining up around the block to work with them. This has got a fucking stellar cast. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. It, it, it might never be points in terms of the names he gets. It might be a waffle-heavy script with absolutely no emotional uh, weight whatsoever, despite its best efforts to do. But you've got John David Washington. Dark Knight Rises. uh, Yeah, Yeah, you're you're, you're naming them. You've got John David Washington. You've got Robert Pattinson. You've got Elizabeth Debecker. You've got Kenneth Branagh. You've got um, fucking... Ah, Kenneth uh, Branagh! Brilliant. You've got uh, fucking Aaron Taylor-Johnson. You've got Fiona Dorif. Uh, you've got um, other people as well. <laughs> His names are blanking Michael Caine. Is Michael Caine um, in it? You've got Michael Caine in it for a scene. Uh, there's a couple of other notable folks. Let me pull up the cast list. Because um, he's one, like, he's a like a Bollywood actress. He's got, like, a massive career in India, and this is, like, a first West, uh, first American film. So this film's super popular in, in uh, India because of it. Um, where is she? Uh, what is her name? I'm, cu- I'm curious as to what the like the Mumbai movie posters for it would have been in uh, Dimple in, how how they would have justified her being on the poster. Mm. Is she is she a main character or is she just sort of like she's a bit pretty central or... character to be fair? Okay, fair um, dues, yeah, uh, fair dues. Oh, um, Clements poses in it as well. All right, uh, do you know what? Yeah, do, you know what's, do you know what's hitting me here? What this is a this is a more evenly. Um, uh, gendered cast for a Nolan release because more evenly usually, gendered, usually gender and a, racially balanced cast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, usually it's a big old white sausage fest for the most part. Like, so this this sounds like there's definitely more variety of of yeah, actor no, and background totally. and 
Okay, um, that's all right. Okay, also, okay. You not, got me. You got me so far. In, ter- in terms of like Hollywood vanity, not a movie which is afraid to show its five nine pr- protagonist walking next to it the six three female lead, <laughs> which oh, is always okay. refreshing. Yeah, yeah. Mind you, it's harder to make everyone look the same height a little bit than Becky because she is six three. <laughs> Um, so there's no cheating. There's no platform heels on the actor in his boots yeah. or, or digging a trench for. for yeah, John David. Coast. John David Washington's five nine. Okay, like he's not a tall man. He is, however, incredibly fucking cool. I mean, I know and, like, that. But just, what about in the film? Like the the where the script falls short, mm. the actors in this really bring their sizzle to it. Like all the stuff with John David Washington and uh, Robert Pattinson sort of sizzles. The stuff with him and Elizabeth Becky is really good. Kenneth Branagh is a just really good menacing villain. Um, so very so cold fury. So, so what I'm getting from this ensemble piece got a baddie, um, a protagonist yeah. with the clever name of the protagonist. If you were writing the blurb on the back of the DVD. Yeah. What is Tenet? Right, so Tenet is about a Can I stop you there? Right, so dot 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 will not play on the back of the DVD. Okay, okay, um, okay. We're paying we're paying for the ink by the word. So And if you could deliver it to me in the um Don LaFontaine oh, old trailer you. voice. <laughs> I will accept in a world as the opening of the blur. <laughs> a CIA agent is drawn into a shady world of terrorism through mm. time. Oh, shit biscuits. I'm excited. Second paragraph. The science of inversion has given rise to objects that move backwards through time. In a war with our own future. Oh, oh. The protagonist right. must cling to the tenet. Uh, 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 oh. It sounds like someone grabbing hold of a teeth. So, um. <laughs> I mean, that, work, that works as a blurb. Uh, yeah. I still have no idea what the film's about. So, basically. Except uh, time, the film will... time travel? Time travel's in it? Sort of. So spoilers for te- for Tenet from this point onwards, because it's difficult spoilers. to discuss the concept that much without going into spoilerific stuff because of the way that the plot works. Um, spoilers for Tenet. Spoilers for Tenet. Spoilers for Tenet and the backwards edit, which is also called Tenet. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, is the, pal- uh, is the palindromic title part of the structure of the movie? Yes. Okay. Palindromes <laughs> all over the place. Okay. The, the the biggest problem with this movie is also the most impressive thing about it is that how clever it is. But okay. it's so clever, it's obnoxiously clever. Oh. It's 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 the epitome of Christopher Nolan going, aha, look at how clever I am. This I'm very, very clever. I'm very, very clever. Uh we had to crash a plane into a hangar for a sequence, so we just bought a plane and crashed it into a real hangar because it would that's the thing that they did. Um there's there's like no CGI in this film. Okay. Or like very little CGI. Um, I mean, I love that he champions practical effects, but it it's also weird that it's become the Tom Cruise. I did that stunt like fetish yeah, thing yeah. for him. It's very um, much that. It, it looks great, mm-hmm. but like when there's a central fight sequence, it took a month to choreograph. Oh, a month, okay. a month to choreograph. Yeah. Oh God. Okay. Not shoot. Not rehearse. To yeah. choreograph. Then you're just like, okay, fine. That's... No, no wonder we get that fight sequence twice. You want to get your money's worth. Um, so, oh, do we get it forwards and backwards? Well, f- from both, from uh, from the audience perspective, it's forwards both times. Ah, uh, okay, right. Depends, I'm, I'm yeah. starting to remember the trailer a little bit now. Yeah. So and, the and, way, yeah. basically, what it is is the final um, scene of Doctor Strange, but for two hours. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, there's an a, there's a there's an action cold open of like a, a raid on an opera house, and during it, our our CIA agent protagonist, <laughs> protagonist, 
Um, he knows. Hey, protagonist, he... come over here. Do you want your coffee? It goes to Starbucks. Uh, protagonist. Yeah, that's me. That's mine. Thank you. He he gets saved <laughs> by someone, but he notices that the bullet they saved him with went backwards. It was Wait, already in how... the masonry he was in front of, and then it went backwards, and that's what, what saved him. Wait, he was saved by a bullet. You mean someone shot in front of him? Yeah. But they were shot in reverse. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. But anyway, he's the, the the operation goes south. He gets captured by um some fuckers. Ah, and then, the dreaded some fucker guy. Yeah, he gets captured by whatever terrorist organization, and he, and his partner gets tortured to death, and then he gets tortured almost to death, and uh, ends up taking his suicide pill, and then he wakes up. Oh, things say the credits roll and Christopher yeah. Nolan laughs for two and a half hours in front of you on screen. <laughs> um, <laughs> he remakes Trollolol for IMAX. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean that's kind of the thing he would do, really. Um, and he wakes up and there's a guy there who's like, who's like, yeah, we, uh, we, the suicide pill was fake. We pulled you out and uh, repaired all the damage to your mouth because they pulled all this guy's teeth out. Uh, oh god! We, we pulled you out, repaired the damage to your mouth, and uh, yeah, all your team died. But this was a test, and you passed. And I can only tell you, I can only do, um, I can only tell you one thing. Well, I can show you one gesture, which is like I can, I can do it now, but it's not going to show to the audience. But your interlocking hands, like that. Yeah. Okay. I can show you this gesture and a word, tenet. It'll open. It'll open doors. The right doors and the wrong doors. But I don't know any more than that. So, he he, go, he goes for the cyanide capsule. He yeah. dies, but he isn't nope. dead. It's fake. He's, wo- he's woken back up, and they've repaired his dentistry hiccups. And now they're going, here's the church, here's the steeple, open the doors, yeah, and, yeah. Here's and here's the, tenor. the thing you need to remember. <laughs> But that's that's all I know. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So basically, he just gets sent back off, and he's sort of like shepherded over to this place. There's a place, and there's Clemens Clemens Posey's a scientist woman, and she's like, "Oh yeah, these are inverted objects. These are objects that move backwards through time." Well, first like thing she says is, first thing she says is, "Hello down there." And he yeah, and he says, "Tenet." With his fingers in slot. Um, uh, so, <laughs> basically, it's just this. So, the first like half hour of the movie is just this info dump. Apart from this cold, mm. open, it's this cold open action sequence. And then it's this big info dump of inversion, what, inverged, what inverted objects are. Um, we're at war with our future, we think. But we don't know because the technology to send stuff back in time hasn't happened yet, hasn't been invented yet. Um, oh, but there's so, inver- so they think that they're being attacked by Earth in the future, who are attacking the past for whatever reason. Yes, which becomes. Um, that, I mean, that's a cool idea for a sci-fi film. Like a lot of cool ideas in this. Film. Yeah, be, being being because there's always stories of we're going to go back in time and kill Hitler, but it's like imagine being the Nazi guy who like suddenly sees the time traveler arrive, and you're like, what yeah. the hell's going on? And you have to try and piece together like oh, they're trying to kill my boss. I mean, obviously, yeah. maybe don't make like, a Nazi the this... protagonist, but that idea of I've never you've never seen it that way around before. Well, they sort of explain it by like these inverted objects like have a special kind of radioactive signature, and yeah. so we so we've got loads of these inverted objects. We've got a big archive of them, and so like we've got these inverted bullets, but we don't know who's making them or how they're getting inverted. Um, but they're the kind of thing where and there they just, are now. Yes, that's the, <laughs> there they are now, and it's just like the it's the bit you've seen from the trailer where he's he's shooting the. The block, the the block of concrete, but he's not actually shooting the block of concrete. He's catching the bullet from the block of concrete in a gun, and that bullet's inverted. Right. Why is he doing that? Because that's. I don't know. I don't know. Is this is this the same logic as Batman in Dark Knight? In the one scene in the Dark Knight that makes you sort of go, "No, what the fuck? No, what?" 
where he's like no, shooting this is a all- load of walls to measure the the damage the bullet does to then determine roughly how to reconstruct the bullet shards he found inside a thing. No, it's basically like- the info dump of like this is what is going this is what inversion is. Here is Clements Posey basically playing Q to fill you on in what inversion is. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna see her again, so none of this is really relevant. But uh, now we're sending you on a mission to find out what's going on. And then so we just basically just send John David Washington out on this mission of like, go and find out who's responsible for making these bullets, and then that'll lead you back to who's doing who's we wanna stop this war. We think that there's gonna be a, a big a cataclysm, but we don't know, so we need you to stop it. That doesn't come up again because it's clear that there's no cataclysmic event. But then, oh, oh, whatever. Anyway, um, the world building for something that then doesn't matter after the the, the yeah, because they because they can't because halfway through the movie, it inverts. Um, oh, and you and, right. and you see, and you see. Uh, you get you get your your oh, first glimpse. Yeah. Well, it's not your first because you see it earlier than that. But later in the movie, there's a point where you where the characters enter what they call a turnstile, which is mm. basically the passage between uh, our reality and the inverted reality. Yeah, where everything's moving backwards. Um, and basically, the turnstiles are points at which they intersect. They're machines. Um, and you literally go in one side, one side of this revolving column, it moves, and then you come out the other. Mm-hmm. But then you're inverted. Um, and all the stuff with the, with the oxygen masks from the trailers, that's because you can't breathe inverted air because your lungs react to it differently. Oh, your lungs won't absorb okay. it. So um, if you're someone who is inverted, has to wear oxygen in our reality, and we have to wear oxygen. If we're inverted, if yeah. if we're in the inverted reality, um, but they 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 sort of explain it away as like the re- reverse entropy, which doesn't right. really make any sense. I don't know why that makes bullets that are supposed to have been dropped jump back into the anyway. But anyway, the the whole thing is he gets he's he's on this mission to find out where these bullets came from to find out where this all inv- all this inverted technology has come from it all leads back to this russian oligarch played by kenneth branner who and he get the protagonist gets to her through um his wife who's played by elizabeth debecker who is sort of like under his under his control like she's he's blackmailing her to stay with him but they hate each other but they have right. a son together um and there's a whole thing with art forgery and the, she's an art appraiser and she pronounced this piece genuine but it was a fake so he's using that to blackmail her because he's the person who bought the fake a whole whole subplot with art forgery and that's how she gets involved and she ends up being like the 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 sort of bond girl-esque like chess piece that the protagonist uses to get to the big baddie and Neil, uh, the Robert Pattinson character is basically Felix Leitner, like he's the, he's uh, the protagonist's like sort of like partner in crime, and but then it, as you as it goes on through the film, you realise that he knows more than he's saying, like Felix in some films. Yes, is this um, just a Bond structure? Has he just taken a Bond structure? Like, it's, everything it's a Bond structure with a time travel conceit. Yeah, yeah. Aside from the aside from the inversion and the time travel things you've described, this sounds like a Bond movie. Well, so yeah, it very much is. Like, there's a series of heists and a series right. of like covert operations to get information from different people, and then they give you information that is is not complete, and then you have to go and find someone else to get information from them to get a piece of the bigger picture, and then they crash an airplane into a hangar so they can get into a sealed art vault to get this piece of art. But then instead of finding that piece of art, they find a turnstile, although they don't know what it is at that point. And then someone who's inverted comes out from the turnstile and has a fight with the protagonist, but the dude's got a mask on, so you can't see who it is. And then a dude with a similar mask on comes out on the other side of the turnstile who isn't inverted, but then you don't know that he's not inverted at that point because you don't know what a turnstile is. It's only later on you realise that the person who is inverted coming out of the turnstile is yeah, actually, the, is is actually the, protagonist the protagonist inverted, later right? on. And yeah. So yeah. when you realize, when you see it 
the first time round, you wonder why Neil stops the protagonist from shooting the guy in it who comes out of the turnstile. It's because Neil. <laughs> Neil's because gone through it the other way already. No, it's not because no. Neil unmasks the other guy who comes out of the turnstile, who is the forward version of the protagonist from this inversion unmasks him, realises that the guy who came out of the turnstile is inverted, is the inverted protagonist coming back this way and then stops the protagonist from killing his future self, basically. There aren't enough temples on my head to massage right now. Yeah. I feel like I need it's, it's, at least It's really clever. It does, it does make sense in context and you get that. That's the fight scene that you sort of see twice because you see it, the protagonist fighting the inverted dude. Yeah. coming out of the turnstile and then you see it as the protagonist get trying to get back into the turnstile so he can yeah. come out the other end uninverted because right. the, the idea is being if you go into a turnstile you have to find so if you say if I was to go into a turnstile now yeah I would start going backwards in time okay so you well, you'd enter it and then you'd immediately exit it backwards yes. Okay. I would be going forwards, but to that world, I would appear to be going backwards. Right. So, what I would then have to do is find a turnstile to cross back over into my reality, but it's a turnstile that would have had to have no one in it at the time, so I could have already come out of it. Right. So the reason that the protagonist can go into this, once he gets inverted, the reason that he realises that he needs to go to another turnstile to get uninverted, but he knows where there was another turnstile because he's seen it already. Right. And he's seen someone come out of it. So then he realises that the person who came out of it was him. You remember being me, seeing you doing that. (laughs) As it turns out, Neil knows all this because Neil's working for Tenet. Who is Tenet? Tenet is an organization to fight. Uh, to fight. I thought Tenet was a church steeple inside all the people. That's the code word. Oh. So oh, that's how you identify other Tenet agents. Uh, unless you don't know anything except that, in which case you're just a dude who demonstrates it and then doesn't come back in the film at any point. Well, if, uh, <laughs> if that's all he knows, though. Huh? So like someone's gone, hey, see that guy over there? We just put his teeth back in. Uh, Basically, d- d- yeah. Do this thing with your hands and then go away from him. Bye. Right, so, so the big twist at the end of the movie is that <laughs> the protagonist realises that he is the person who will, in the future, found Tenet. Right. And that he, in the future, will befriend a younger Neil... Okay. And and Neil ends up... <laughs> Neil ends up sacrificing his life towards the end of the film to save the um, to save the protagonist and help defuse the big doomsday device. So there's a whole big doomsday device which will... called the algorithm, which will invert the, wor- the whole world. Right. And the future wants to use it because then they think they can come backwards in time and sort of invade the past. But then the people in the present are like, we think it'll just destroy everything. It'll just cancel everything out. Because it, you can't have things inverted. Why do the future want to invade the past? Is it like for resources? There's a passing or... mention that they fuck the planet. like, And they want to invade the past because the planet's still good. Um, so they want to toclophane that shit. They want to yeah, exist, basically. exist in a paradox basically. almost of we're now going to come back and, and do this. this. The bad guy, the, the oligarch bad guy, the Kenneth Branagh, he's got a dead man switch set up to the algorithm. So that, oh, so yeah. So what, so what is his like bad guy position? Like is he's, he's an oligarch who is funding he was the made or? He was made rich by stuff that was sent back from the future. So he's working oh, so, for so the he, people he's from... He's in someone's the, pocket. Yeah, to, he's the facilitator. Facilitate. You never see this future. You only see things that are sent back from it. Yeah. But um, including the algorithm, which is the doomsday yeah. device, which they have a whole scene where they talk about the, the woman who invented it in the future, the woman who will invent it in the future, 
just like she kills herself and destroys all of her research so no one else can build it again but it had already been sent back into the past oh um it sucks to be her i guess yeah i know right so the whole thing with this uh, with this uh this evil dude is he's got a dead man switch set up where if, if he dies the algorithm triggers because his whole thing is about possession like if he can't have it no one else can and there's a whole thing with his wife so basically he uses his wife as a hostage at one point to get the last piece of the algorithm off our protagonist and he shoot he takes her into the inverted world and he shoots her with an inverted bullet which apparently is very bad it's worse than being shot with a regular bullet so they have to so the reason that the protagonist ends up getting inverted is because he has to take her into the inverted world so she can be treated properly but then that means he has to get back to a turnstile so we can be uninverted. But then it, it's it's just a lot of twisty, turny, wibbly wobbly. Like, and at the end, and they talk about temporal pincer movements, right, and stuff going on. And like ninety percent of the dialogue in this is exposition and explaining the mechanics of what's actually happening on screen. Um, and like the 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 gigantic final action climax is a military raid where you're seeing it. So you've got a team with a red ar- red armband on who are the protagonist's team who are, a, they, they are assaulting as the blue armband team are retreating because they already went in 10 minutes earlier because they're all inverted. So you've got two sort of military attacks happening simultaneously. And there's stuff going forwards in time and stuff going backwards in time at the same time on both sides, but also it switches perspective depending on which character you're following. So when you're following the protagonist, it's the red team that are going forward in time after the blue team's mission is finished. And when you're following Neil, it's the blue team going who are inverted uh, starting their mission 10 minutes before the red team arrive. Oh my God. And then they cross over. But then halfway through that, Neil has to invert himself. He has to get to a different turnstile and invert himself because he realizes that he's got to go backwards to help save the protagonist and keep the mission going forward, which is how it is revealed towards the end that not only does Neil know that he's got his future self is going to die during that mission, but he was recruited by the protagonist in the future and they've been friends for years but chronologically, this is the first time that the protagonist has met Neil. So River Song. Yeah. And it's also revealed by like costume matching. Like there's a like a he's like a red tag on his backpack that matches up with it's how you know it's Neil's corpse when you see him towards the end of the film. And Neil has the bag when he leaves at the end of the film. And then at the start of the film, the guy who saves the protagonist in the Opera House raid has got the yellow bag, has got the bag with the red tag on. Right. So that was Neil as well. Uh, but basically, there's a doomsday uh, machine. It's going to invert time. So they end up doing a time-inverted mission and they stop the doomsday machine from going off. Elizabeth Debicki gets to kill her husband and be free again. But John David Washington can't really interact with anyone of his friends anymore. And he knows he's just sent Neil to his death, but he knows that he's also going to meet Neil in the future and have that relationship with him. And then, but he's, and he also knows that he's going to found Tenet and he's been working for himself all along. And a lot of stuff happens and it's there's some really good ideas in it, but it's just waffly and confusing and, oh, look, a good action set piece. This is neat. Oh, this fight's really neat. Ah, oh, that line's really good. That's a really good sort of like zingy, cool line. Oh, Jesus Christ, isn't John David Washington charismatic? Jesus Christ, isn't Robert Pattinson charismatic? Jesus Christ, isn't Kenneth Branagh fucking like badass menacing in this? Oh, Jesus Christ, isn't Elizabeth Becky just so tall? <laughs> but then, but like... And it sort of like dazzles you, tries to dazzle you with this stuff. Yeah. But like the problem with like this, particularly the climactic action sequence where you've got these two military operations going, like sort of crossing over temporally. It's just confusing. Like it's impressive that they've got that, 
because it's all it was all done practically, or as much of it as possible yeah. was done practically. So you've literally got a bunch of extras going backwards while the people are going forwards, and like uh, the, Kenneth Branagh learned to speak backwards for the scenes where he's inverted talking to the fuck. Yeah, because because there's um, the turnstiles have what they call proving windows, so you will see the exact a mirror of the same room on the other side. The idea being. So not only can the the immediate past and the immediate future interact yeah. there when they cross over, but if you don't see yourself going in to the proven window on the other side, then you shouldn't go in because it means you ain't going to come out the other side. Ah, uh, okay. Um, a lot of this stuff is just dumb. Like the the movie just dumb. Like a lot of this is. Characters moving from action set piece to action set piece, delivering very fast exposition and explanations at each other while they're doing that. So it's it's a bit like Sorkin meets Fast and Furious. I, do you get some of that shit that happens in Inception and, and Batman Begins where like a character is exposition dumping upon another character and then it'll suddenly cut to like a completely different location and they're one sentence later in their explanation? Yeah. Oh God, Nolan! Fuck. There's one where it's like a three-way conversation of these people, of of Neil and uh, the protagonist and the other guy and another guy whose name I forget, like setting up the the whole airport. Um, we're gonna crash an airplane into a hangar distraction, and you guys are gonna attack. Are gonna break into the art vault. Um, and it's like oh, it's the three guys talking to each other, but then it cuts to them individually talking to other characters to try and sort these things out. And it's just shot in a really, like, whirly-gig, distracting way, as if to sort of distract you from the nonsense that these characters are fucking talking about with fancy camera moves. It is it is the, all right, you son of a bitch, I'm in. It's two hours and 25 minutes of that with action scenes. Like, it's just that. So, so when, oh, God. So when, so when, so when a character's gone through a turnstile and is moving in inverted time... Yeah. To us, the audience, they're moving normally and the world's moving normally. Or so, are they moving normally, but the world around them is moving backwards? If you, if I was to go into the inverted dimension, yeah. the inverted timeline, the, yeah. I would I would be going forwards, but the world around me would be going backwards. Okay, so it's like you've gone backwards in time. Yeah. You're, the, you're literally rewinding time. Well, so there's a moment in the... When he's, when he's inverted... The protagonist gets in a car accident and the and the baddie sets the car on fire. Yeah. But he nearly dies of hypothermia because the laws of thermodynamics are inverted. So instead of burning, he nearly freezes to death. It's things like that. Um it's like during during the action sequence leading up to that, there's a big car chase, and you notice that the driver side wing mirror is cracked. Mm-hmm. But it's but it gets uncracked later in the the inverted inverted inver- version in, of late, it. Yeah, an inverted there's an in, there's an inversion later on that crack that uncracks the mirror, and then you see the protagonist experience that moment in the in, that cracked the mirror in the first place later on after he gets inverted. Right. So. Mm. So. Mm. So when he encounters himself. Yeah, from from either side of the turnstile, but like when when there's one of them moving in normal and one of them moving inverted. Yeah, is the inverted one to the protagonist walking backwards, for example? Yeah. So when they're fighting, so this how, really neat. how do they fight? This, this, or because he just moves to wherever he was going to. It's all about intention. Right. So like he's kind, like, kind of if, I, if it were me, it. I'd do. I'd go that way. So I'll I'll. Go that way in reverse to catch yeah, well, him off. And... They, they kind of sort of explain it um, in in the Clements Posey info dump scenes with yeah. when he's messing with the bullet and like he puts his hand over the bullet and the bullet jumps up into his hand and he's like, well, how did is free will a thing? Because how did uh, how how why would the bullet jump up if I chose to put my hand there? And she's like, yeah. well, the bullet wouldn't have done anything if you hadn't put your hand there. You're not catching the bullet you're dropping the you you've already dropped the bullet you're dropping the bullet in reverse <laughs> yeah it just it it is it's overly complex and it does lead to some like 
that in that scene where he he's fighting what you later find out is himself uh inverted is really creepy because this this fucking dude in black tactical gear his face you can't see just comes out of this thing moving backwards um reassembles this gun that's been that's been disassembled on the floor pulls three bullets back into the gun from a window whilst grappling with the protagonist. And then it's stuff like he gets knocked onto the floor and he's doing like this weird crab scrabble backwards because he's... But what he's actually doing is trying to go for the gun, but he's moving backwards because he's inverted. Yeah. It's weird. And it's not particularly... It's not like... It's not earth-shaking. Like, it's, it's a decent action movie with really impressive set pieces, but they're only impressive because you know that they were done practically and that's difficult. They're not impressive because they, they, well, some of them are really good. And there is a, there is an action, one of the simpler action sequences where early on the protagonist gets taken to the kitchen of a fancy restaurant so he can have the shit beaten out of him by the bad guy's goons. But then he just gives him a one liner and just strolls through the kitchen, beating the shit out of all of them. Um, like it's a very John Wick sequence. Yeah. Um, and I know I've already said it, but it bears repeating. Fuck me, John David Washington is cool. Um, he's so effortlessly cool. It's upsetting how effortlessly cool this motherfucker is. Um, <laughs> honestly, like it, it is like it feels like it's just Christopher Nolan just wanted to make a Bond movie, but with some backwards, freaky looking stuff. But it's so it's such a slave to its own concept. Yeah. That like the whole thing is uh, the Elizabeth DeBecky character of like her having a son and um like her like thinking of son like loving her son and really wanting to be able to get him away from his dad because his dad's a bad person. But he, but of course because he's the bad guy and he's got blackmail stuff on her he's got control of them all and he can kind of but you know you, you see like there's like two but less than two minutes of time in the film in which you see her interacting with her son oh wait they have over two and a half hours to play with but that doesn't get more than a couple of minutes yeah she does a lot of telling you about how tortured she feels in this relationship and how and and how emotion and how emotionally crippling it is for her to not be able to only be able to see her son when he, when this fucking evil dude deigns to let her see him, but you never, yeah. it's never demonstrated. Yeah. It's just everything is told to you. They they tell you all the things they should show you so they can show you some stuff that they're really proud of because they did it for real. Ah. That that's that's the film. This sounds like Inception 2.0 to me. It's Inception, in bigger, vi- longer, and visuals. Uncut. Yeah, like, the visuals is what has got the Nolan's uh, nipples a quiver. And then as it's being brought to life, it's like, oh, yeah, explaining, uh, explaining, explaining stuff, I guess. The uh, difference with Inception being is that that central emotional core is is reinforced by the Michael Caine character being related to the Leo character. Mm. Like, if I remember correctly, it was his daughter. The Marion Cotillard was his daughter in that. Yeah, and also, like... And also... Elliot Page's character is a window in, but not then revealed to be integral to the structure of it from the future. No, yeah, but... (laughs) The sort of so so you have you have an everyman to take you into yeah. the world of it and witness it. Whereas well, in this case, it's you're an everyman, except you're not. You're a CIA operative who yeah. does all this stuff already. And also, it turns out you're the villain in the future. Maybe no, he's the good guy in the future. You're the good guy in the future. Maybe you're the Joker, baby. Because Tenet it's, is like yeah. the good guys of the temporal or like war. Whereas the bad guys are the polar opposite. They're called Tenet. <laughs> Yeah, palindromes everywhere because <laughs> Nolan likes to tug himself off while he's doing the edit. Um, of course, we all know the palindrome of Bolton would be not lob. So hey, <laughs> um, so the th- the thing is that the thing that works about Inception is that Cobb, Leonardo DiCaprio's characters, his emotional turmoil is central to the mechanics of the plot because his guilt manifesting as the sort of spectre of his wife, as played by Marion Cotillard, is the biggest spanner in the works of the thing he's trying to achieve. 
Yeah. Whereas this, the emotional pull is this woman's relationship with her son who we barely see. And also, uh, yeah. Yeah. in terms of the mechanics of the plot, you could kind of cut her out entirely and still have the plot work as like a spy movie espionage thriller. With so it's a the, temporal it's the twist. only emotional anchor worth holding on to in that way, but there's not enough of it to make it. Well, an there isn't one with your main character because he doesn't have a fucking name. That's so weird. That's so like, fucking the weird. The only the only reason that the character stuff in this movie works as well as it does is because of the actors. Like really selling it. Like, there's real chemistry between Robert Pattinson and John David Washington. There's real chemistry between Kenneth Branagh and everyone on screen. There's real real chemistry between um, Elizabeth DeBecky and John David Washington. Like, they, like, the stuff between them, the the dialogue itself is dreadful. But. Yeah, yeah. They sell it. And they sell it with conviction. And they sell it with charisma. And they sell it with style. And that's. All this film is, this film is style and style and style and style. And you know what style does not make? Style does not make a film. It makes a nice trailer. It makes a nice music video. It does not make a two hour and 25 minute long film. If this film did not have the caliber of actors in it that it does, it would be un-fucking-bearably dull. But as it stands, it's just incomprehensible. As it stands, it's just, it's fine. It's fine. And some of the stuff looks cool. This is how I, I feel I've been looking at you as you've been describing this, yeah, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... Yeah, for, for, anyone, for everyone listening at home, I just showed him that still of Leonardo DiCaprio staring, sort of baffled, confused, look. and slightly enraged at Killian Murphy. Um, <laughs> honestly, it, it, you don't have the Now TV movie pass at the moment, do you? No, we just have the we have the standard yeah. package for it's, it's, it's on there at the yeah. moment, but when it comes to a... When it comes to a... A, uh, a streaming service it might be worth checking out um just 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 do what i did and just say your curiosity and just be and just see if you can maybe see if you can sort of get a kick out of the the twisty turny stuff of the temporal sort of mechanics in it but that's you know it's, that's what it is it's a, it's a mechanics movie it's a it's a movie that's that's so focused on its own mechanics and it's like the, what put me off dunkirk it's like it, the whole conceit of like well, the Tom Hardy plotline takes place over one hour, and the Kenneth plot, Kenneth Branagh plotline takes place over one week, and the the Harry Styles um, plotline takes place over one day. But we're going to intercut between them all the time, and uh, you just got to follow it. It's like it's almost like you made Memento, and then went. I think the reason people like this is because it was fucking wonky no that's the so reason i'm gonna he liked that. it ah uh, right like christopher that's, nolan that's is a guy who's high on his own fucking supply man <laughs> like i don't know why so, people are lining up around the block to work with that dude because he sounds like I a mean, prick I'm yeah for starters he doesn't, he doesn't let you fucking sit down yeah on a movie set um so based on that are his most comprehensible films the dark knight trilogy then because the the first one Tarantino's like it bounces between timelines in the narrative, but then uh, like the 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 as Act Two kicks into gear in Batman Begins, mm. it suddenly becomes linear. It's like all of it catches I th- up to I think, itself. I think the non-linearity of Batman Begins is kind of it's palatable. It's, it's traditional. Like yeah. it's a bunch of flashbacks at the start of the film, basically. And they're all, but they all they Tarantino it in that they're all in a weird order. Like you'll you'll start with Rachel Gould and suddenly you'll be at but older, easy older Bruce, but pre-touring yeah. the world Bruce. They're easy at Coney, and then you've got yeah. like the yeah him as a kid, and then it flashes back to the yeah. I don't I know what you mean though. It's it's but by the time you hit that 40, 45, 50 minute mark, you're like, and he's he's at the dockyard going, I'm Batman. And you're like. Okay, yep, I get yeah. where we're going now. Yeah, it's yeah. got a thing. Dark Knight's told in a very traditional structure. Uh, Dark Knight Rises, um, like, five months vanish over the course of ten minutes in the middle of it. Yeah. But, like... I think yeah. structure-wise, I mean, all of the pre- his films the prestige, have been relatively the prestige conventional. Is, is rel- the Prestige yeah. is, like, linear, and then it does a saw. Prestige's execution of its 
of its ah, but were you paying attention to this? It's done in the saw like hello Zet Pre- montage prestige is style. Prestige, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the the effect from which the movie takes its title. Well that's exactly. the thing, like he does he does this movie called The Prestige, which has this incredible prestige at the end of it, and makes a point about explaining the concept of the prestige all through the film, just so at the end of the film he can go and ah, that's the prestige. Uh, and do his yeah! fucking jazz hands or whatever. Do his David Caruso. Like, yeah, that, that is that like? <laughs> and that's what that's what Tenet is. It's 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 that. It's I've created this really intricate set of rules. Now watch what happens when I run all my marbles through this set of rules. Ooh, isn't that yeah. cool? And like, yeah, some this of it marble goes cool, backwards. Yeah. But the amount of time you have to spend explaining it and, and the, sometimes the length of time that comes between the explanation of a concept and the demonstration of it is so long that you've just forgotten what the explanation was. So someone so has what, to come in and fucking explain it again. So what you're saying is, just watch the last 15 minutes of Doctor Strange again and you, you'll get it nice and compact with less less wanky explanation or convolution and also people going backwards for Christmas yeah, across people the Irish Sea. going backwards for Christmas. That's an up-and-coming modern reference for our listeners, isn't it? <laughs> Listen, if you want up-and-coming modern references... You're listening to the wrong show. You come to the wrong bastard yeah. place. So that's Tenet. If you've got the Now TV movie pass, give it a watch. It's fine. <laughs> you might get. You might be one of those people who gets a kick out of uh, really complex films because you feel like you're the only person who can understand them. It's like, in which case, this movie was made for you by you in the future because <gasps> you're, you're Christopher Chris- Nolan inverted. Um, <laughs> Do you think that it was the film that was worth dragging people back into the coronavirus-infested real world? Fuck no. That was Godzilla vs. Kong. And that barely got a cinema release in the UK. Christ's sake. There we go. It's bizarre. And housing. It's mediocre. Mediocre. Yeah, it Uh, is. Do you know what? It's (laughs) Speaking of... Does it surprise you? We really, not really, no. We really need to get back to our X marathon soon as well. I think. Well, yeah, New Mutants is actually streaming now. I think so. Yeah, that was that's what that's what made me think. I was like, I'm pretty sure we've got that on one of the services now. I've got to watch Logan again, which is good. Yeah, and Deadpool two. And Deadpool two again, which is very which is, good. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and X Men Dark Phoenix, which is terrible. Yeah. And then New Mutants, which. We don't know yet. I guess we we'll do out. not know. Um, um, yeah, new mutants, new mutants, new mutants. I mean, technically, sorry, that's Winnie the Pooh deflating. Uh, technically, oh, new is... mutants. <laughs> oh no, Eeyore's tail's been jammed into Pooh's lungs. <laughs> <laughs> technically, there's five films we have to watch for the next one, but. I, I I can quite easily, very briefly recap Once Upon a Deadpool. So there mm. we go. It's 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 Deadpool two. I, I some still different think we material. Do two episodes, personally. Oh, we think you should spread it over two, like a yeah. dirty. Oh, you know what that means, though, right? What the Dark next time Phoenix we... and New Mutants are the last ones? Yeah, we'll get a really nice, tasty one with um, with Logan and Deadpool too. Yeah, I think that's the way to do it. It's like Ooh. do do what the Fox X Men universe did and have you know get really good and then die with a whimper. Fair enough. Shall we do that for next week? Should we do Logan and Deadpool two next week? And catch well, is it, isn't next week the the uh, anniversary, or am I thinking a week ahead? I think you might be thinking a week ahead. This is uh, this is two five six. This episode, I believe, the one we're currently recording with our mouth holes. Yeah, I don't. I've lost. Okay, then. Yeah. Um, yes, two five six. We've got we've got two more. Can weeks. I watch? Can I watch Deadpool two and Logan this week? Oh, he's looking at his sketch, boys and girls. I think I can. I think I can. I know I can. I think I can. I'm going to make... I'm going to get up early. I'm going to get me Bram Flakes. I'm going to put Logan on the telly. Ooh. I'm going to make it happen. Now, 
now that you've heard it, you, you greedy gets with your ears open, if you want to give us your thoughts on our ongoing X-Marathon for Logan and Deadpool 2, if you've yeah. got any thoughts you want to bring to the table or things you're wondering what we're going to uh, say about or think about them, Logan. Uh, then you could tweet us at BigDamnCast. You can email us BigDamnContact at gmail.com. If it's relevant to the topic, we'll talk all about it with our mouth. Um... You can support us on Patreon, which helps keep the lights on patreon.com slash bigdamcast and live live every Friday from 7.30pm onwards is the Big Damn Stream with Mayhew Huahu, who's on the other side of this microphone. It's me. What are you playing this week, Matt? Are you delving more into Final Fantasy VII Remake? Or are you taking us on a trip to Animal Crossing Village? I don't even have Animal Crossing. (laughs) I'm the worst Switch owner ever. I'm the one Switch owner who doesn't have a copy of Animal Crossing. Um, but, you've yeah, got no, the, but you've got the amiibo of uh, Animal Crossing. Oh, Nook I wish I had some amiibo. I tell you. Some a of those Tom, amiibo are real fine. Tom Nook amiibo. Woo! I don't want a Tom Nook amiibo. Oh, but he's clever boy. I want, I want, I'm trying to think what the most fucking random amiibo is. I want a Cloud Strife amiibo because there's a Cloud Strife amiibo despite Final Fantasy VII... Oh, I guess it is on the Switch now. <laughs> but despite it being a place... Because he's in Smash Brothers. So there's loads ah. of like non-Nintendo characters who are in Smash Brothers who have Amiibos. Like, there's a Solid Snake Amiibo. That's so weird to Because me. Solid Snake's in Smash Brothers, despite of having there well, being like one Metal Gear Solid game on the a Nintendo platform in the last decade or something like that. Do the Amiibos unlock anything? Are they like do they are they digital? It or? depends on the game. They are okay. like they have NFC stuff in them, like Skylanders or Disney Infinity figures or whatever. Yeah, but you, there's no separate portal from the NFC communicators built into the Switch, or or it was built into the gamepad of the Wii U. It was it was built into the new 3DS, and you can get like a dongle for the older 3DSs. Um. And depending on the game, it would like so for Smash Brothers, it like you can have custom fighter data that you write to an amiibo for that character, and you can use it on other like Smash Brothers games. So you can carry around your little amiibo, and it's like this is my version of Samus. Oh, so it's like you, a memory wanna, card, kind yeah, of, kind of your character. Um, okay. And then like some of them unlock stuff like the amiibos. There's amiibo support in all sorts of different games. Like you, if you can use amiibos to unlock unlock a fucking um, Link Breath of the Wild Link costume in Skyrim and shit like that or you can yeah it's fucking it's fucking weird I I have more questions than that we'll see you guys next week alright like what's Kirby do oh Kirby just eats Kirby is for I would like to sign up Kirby as well (laughs) Ha 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 ha!